The Inning Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody, welcome into the 8th inning stretch. Uh, I am AJ, joined as always by my co-host with most, Carson. What's up AJ, what's up everybody? I'm going to try and keep this short because this was a massive trade deadline. So AJ, let's just hop right into it. Let's go. Yes, uh, we have ever, we have so much to get to. Um, but Carson, before we get started, I think, uh, I think we'd be remiss um, if we don't if we don't talk about this, um, we're, we're doing the show with, with a little bit of a heavy heart today, Carson, uh, yesterday, well, yesterday for us, uh, the great Vin Scully passed away at the age of 94. Yeah. One of, uh, this one hit hard. One of my broadcasting idols in Vin Scully, one of the greatest to ever put, to ever put on the headset, um, you know, he was, he's beloved by Dodger fans and baseball fans alike. And that's something that's, uh, that's pretty hard to do in the world of broadcasting. So, uh, obviously thoughts and prayers to his family and, uh, rest in peace to the greatest of all time. Yeah. I actually, when I heard the news, I, I actually thought of you, you know, uh, the, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Carson is an aspiring baseball broadcaster, um, and I actually, I actually thought of you, and I was like, "Oh man, like this is, this is gonna hit Carson pretty hard." I mean, it hits, it hits, it hits all of us hard, like you said. It hits all baseball fans hard. Um, Vince Scully, arguably, you know, for me, the greatest baseball broadcaster of all time, and and easily one of the best sports broadcasters of all time. So. Um, yeah, just, just really sad stuff. Um, more, we'll, we'll talk more about Vince Scully later. Uh, and then just one other thing to get through, get to before we, we get into the, the heart of the, you know, the meat and potatoes here of the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a few, just a few quick programming notes and a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. Um, so coming up basically for roughly the next three weeks um we due to carson i guess due to the craziness of life and and other other stuff we got going on uh we will not be recording for the next three sundays for the monday for our monday episode so um the good news is carson uh, our our awesome fans, everybody, they'll be getting they'll still be getting our Friday episodes for the next three weeks. Yeah, the the way we kind of talk about this is that uh, it was such a busy trade deadline that we need to take the next three Sundays off. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Of and I mean, who would have thought that that we were uh, we were just kind of joking about that before we started uh, before we started recording? And lo and behold, it was a crazy trade deadline. So it makes sense. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. Okay, all that's uh, that stuff is out of the way. Uh, let's dive right in, Carson. I, so many, so many big deals went down, but I think we can probably agree the biggest deal of them all was uh, the San Diego Padres. Carson won the one Soto sweepstakes, but not only did they get one Soto. Oh no, they didn't stop there. They went and they got Juan Soto and Josh Bell, who we we also talked about, who I think was. I can't believe I'm going to say this. This is crazy. This sounds crazy even to me. But Josh Bell was kind of the, um, how do I want to put this? Josh Bell was kind of the under the radar, you know, dark horse, uh, player that the Nationals had on the market. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody was kind of watching the the Juan Soto sweepstake, but Josh Bell was was somebody that wasn't getting a lot of attention and should have. So for the Padres to get both Soto and Bell, I mean, this this was absolutely insane. And not to mention, AJ, when was the last time we've seen a trade end up being this suspenseful with uh, Eric Hosmer's no trade clause? Yeah, that was that was crazy. I was um I was actually I was keeping an eye on on Twitter mostly uh on deadline day and you know just at, you were probably doing the same thing. Just kept refreshing my timeline to you know to kind of get the latest. But yeah, it sounded like at first Eric Hosmer was going to be a part of this package to the Nationals. Um and I I didn't really get the full story, but it sounded like Eric Hosmer had a no trade clause and didn't want to go to Washington. Yeah, so from from my understanding of it, he had a limited no trade clause in that he could submit a 10-team no trade list, and the Nationals were on that list. Um so essentially the okay. trade was hung up for a little bit because Hosmer basically said I don't want to go to the Nationals, and honestly, I don't blame him. I mean, who would want to go from a team that's going in, that's going to be a potential World Series contender to mm. a team that is very much rebuilding and very much in the early stages of said rebuild? So, obviously, I don't blame Eric Hosmer at all for exercising the right that he had with this limited no-movement clause. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think you said it to go from San Diego who, and I mean, we'll talk about this more in a second here who are now undoubtedly legit, not only legit contenders in the national league, but like, you know, like you said, uh, legit world series contenders. Um, so what ended up happening was uh, included in the package that went to Washington ended up being Luke Voigt and Carson. That was a name that I heard floated around in, in trade rumors. Jeez, I think even before the season started. Yeah, he was he was definitely being mentioned as a name. I think Hosmer was also being floated around in the Padres. Um, in case you guys missed it as well, Eric Cosmer ended up getting traded to AJ's Boston Red Sox. Um, mm. But yeah, so the, the full deal was the Padres acquiring Juan Soto and Josh Bell from the Nationals. And in exchange, the Nationals received shortstop C.J. Abrams, pitcher Mackenzie Gore, who at one point was the best pitching prospect in Major League Baseball, Robert Hassel III, an outfielder who was the Padres' number one prospect and the 21st prospect overall, as ranked by uh, MLB.com, outfielder James Woods, who was the Padres' number three prospect and number 88 overall, and then the Padres' number 14 prospect in Jarlin Susana, a pitcher. Um, so honestly, I think this trade was a win-win for both teams. The Nationals got a really great package of young players like they wanted and young major leaguers as well, including Luke Voigt. Um, and then they got some prospects to absolutely reload their prospect pool. I mean, obviously, Hassel becomes their number one overall prospect. Wood comes in at number four. Susanna comes in at number eight. So they they did a really great job of getting exactly what they wanted for Soto, getting those young players and those young prospects to help their system. Yeah, I think this is the rare case where both teams, like you said, I mean, this was a this was a win win. And obviously, uh, we now look at that Padres lineup, Carson. I mean, this this Padres lineup and. I mean, you've you've been singing the praises of the Dodgers all year, you know, obviously because their lineup is ridiculous. But this Padres lineup now, I don't know, man. In a head-to-head matchup, I mean, you've got now you've got Juan Soto, Josh Bell, uh, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., who is getting closer every day to coming back. Carson, this Padres lineup is stacked. Oh, absolutely. And first of all, a Dodgers-Padres series in the playoffs. Um, oh, sign, sign me, me up. up. For that all day long. <laughs> My goodness. Um, but yeah, this is this trade was certainly the, 
the pod and let's not forget too the padres also acquired josh Hader, Hader. from the yep. brewers for yep. none of these top prospects which i think Mm-mm. is is an absolutely stellar job by aj preller their general manager uh, yeah they are they are very much making the all-in push and they're trying to compete with this dodger squad and uh honestly aj i think that they very much can can compete with this dodger squad yeah, I mean, I think this this is just, this blows my mind. I mean, great. I mean, to get one Soto alone, I mean, that. I mean that's, you can't overstate the impact of Juan Soto. Um, just as kind of a side note, Carson, yesterday I saw a, I think it was on MLB.com and I was, I was basically, I was, I was reading about, you know, I was scrolling down the list of all the, of all the, all the deals that got made on deadline day. Uh, And I saw this absolutely ridiculous statement by the person who wrote the article. And I, their name is escaping me at the moment, but they compared Juan Soda to Ted Williams, which I don't even know where to start. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit much at this point. Now, Juan Soto is only 23, so does he certainly have room to grow? Absolutely, but comparing him to yes. Ted Williams, little bit much, I think, at this point. Yeah, uh, that's just utterly ridiculous. Um, I mean, that's not to say that Juan Soto. I mean, he's one of the most he's one of the most talented players in all of baseball, obviously, and he's still young. And the Padres somehow, I don't know how they. I mean, they well. They obviously put together the pack, the kind of package that the the Nationals were looking for. So they get one starter, they get Josh Bell. You mentioned Josh Hader, Carson. What in the name of uh, Bob Euchre are the Milwaukee Brewers thinking by trading Josh Hader? Yeah, this was uh, certainly a interesting trade uh, by the Brewers. Um... For me personally, I feel that this makes their bullpen. I think you would agree with me, AJ, that this makes their bullpen weaker. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the Brewers have kind of come out and said, hey, we felt that this trade gave us a bunch of players that we could not only be competitive this year, but competitive in the long run. Um, in case you guys missed this trade, uh, what the trade was is the Brewers get, or the Padres, excuse me, acquired Josh Hader, who is, of course, the lethal closer that we have been singing his praises of all season long and in exchange the brewers got uh taylor rogers who the padres had acquired in the trade with my twins which looks a lot worse today by the way um Mm. pitcher denelson lamette who i believe i saw yesterday had been designated for assignment poor guy's just been plagued with injuries his entire career uh the padres number seven prospect in robert gasser and their number 28 prospect in Astori Ruiz. I'm sorry if I butchered any of those names, but um, yeah, for the Padres, I mean, the Padres get one of the most lethal closers in baseball without having to give up any of their top prospects that they would have needed to use in order to acquire Juan Soto. Um, For the Brewers, I mean, Gasser comes in as a top 10 prospect along with Ruiz. They're both eight and nine now in their system. Uh, Taylor Rogers certainly isn't anything to to laugh at but compared to josh Hader, i think i just don't really see what the brewers were thinking here yeah i mean it's not like the brewers are it's not like they're it's not like they're you know i mean the brewers are in first place carson right now in the nl central this this just um i mean obviously we don't know the (laughs) the inner workings of the milwaukee front office but you're a first place team and you tried your best closer and and arguably one of your best players. I don't know. It just it just blows my mind and and I think uh if I were a betting man Carson, I would say that dealing Josh Hader is gonna come back and bite the Brewers before this is all said and done. I think so too, but all I know is Brewers fans are thanking their lucky stars that the Cardinals did not manage to acquire Juan Soto. Juan Soto, yeah. I think that'll be the most interesting part of this is will Taylor Rogers 
Because essentially it's going to be either Taylor Rogers or Devin Williams who becomes the new closer, and they might even do a time split that remains to kind of be seen. But um, it'll mm. be interesting to see what impact that has potentially on the Brewers because let's not forget, AJ, that divisional race is still extremely close in the NL Central between those two teams. So it'll be very interesting to see what this kind of closer this kind of closer timeshare will will do to the Brewers as, as we go forward into the second half of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're those teams are only separated by a game and a half. Uh interestingly enough, since dealing Josh Hader, uh the Brewers are in a little bit of a lo- uh, losing streak. So um color I mean, me shocked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm I think I saw that I, I don't remember it must have been their last game that uh, they blew the game. You know, they blew a, a lead late in the game. And I went, huh, if only they had a closer like Josh. Hay- oh, wait. Uh, so so that's what went down in San Diego. The Padres just the Padres went all in. Um, and yes, the Padres are, you know, the. They're facing a, a ten and a half game, sorry, eleven and a half game deficit in the in the NLS right now, because they they have stumbled a bit as of late. But Carson, the Padres have won five in a row. They now have Juan Soto. They now have Josh Bell. They have Manny Machado. They have that ridiculous pitching staff, which now includes Josh Hader. Uh, if I'm the Dodgers, Carson, I am I'm shaking in my boots. Yeah, I would agree, and I'm glad you brought it up because I think a part of this trade that doesn't get talked about enough is Josh Bell. He's kind of the afterthought here, but I really like that. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Which is absolutely insane, <laughs> but I love this acquisition for the Padres. I mean, another power bat in there. You basically replace Luke Voigt with Josh Bell in terms of a power bat, a solid fielder at first base. I mean, that's, I think, a win-win right there. That's a win right there for the Padres. Because, I mean, and Josh Bell finally gets to play on a contending team, AJ. He doesn't have to yeah. play on a losing team anymore. Team, yeah. And, I mean, Juan Soto's got to be one happy camper. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't think this could have worked out any better uh, for either team. Uh, but, believe it or not, there were other big names that got moved on deadline day. Uh, Carson, the Houston Astros went out and got Trey Mancini from the Orioles. Yep. The, the Orioles were in full sell mode as I kind of, as I had predicted on our episode before, uh, before the trade deadline, trading away, uh, Mancini and also trading, uh, Jorge Lopez to my Minnesota twins and acquisition, which I absolutely love by the way. Um, but yeah, so Trey Mancini, um, in the Trey Mancini deal, it was actually a three-way trade um, involving the Orioles, the Astros, as well as the Tampa Bay Rays. So from the Astros' mm-hmm. point of view, they required Trey Mancini from the Orioles and a pitcher Jaden Murray from the Rays. Uh, the Orioles acquired Seth Johnson, who was Tampa's number six prospect, and Chase McDermott, the Astros' number 12 prospect, who are both pitchers. And the Rays acquire Jose Siri. Uh, from the Houston Astros, a center fielder. Uh, for the Rays, I really like the pickup of Siri. We had kind of talked about that their outfield needed some help. They had gone down with some injuries, had done a solid job acquiring David Peralta from the Diamondbacks, which we talked about in our last episode. Um, so bolstering up that offense again with Jose Siri is, I think, a great move. Um, Trey Mancini, ladies and gentlemen, hit a grand slam in his first, in his first appearance with the Astros, so... Can't get too much of a better result than that. Um, but overall, Trey Mancini just seems like a stand-up dude. Obviously, he came back from fighting Panther, so um, wishing nothing but the best for him in the future. Uh, Jaden Murray is a young arm who could who should be able to help that Astros team out, and obviously the Orioles uh, continue to add prospects into one of the most loaded prospect pools in baseball. So I think this is a solid trade for all three teams involved here. Yeah. I mean, you obviously can't understate the impact of acquiring a, a player like Trey Mancini, but Carson, I mean, I think, 
and I think this is a I think the Orioles the Orioles actually this is actually I, I think this is actually a win for the Orioles too because uh I mean and the you know the Rays too of course but you know the Orioles have kind of you know well I mean they're they're three games over five hundred they're probably not gonna make the playoffs unless they go on a, a ridiculous run. But they already went on a ridiculous run and and I think the future is bright for this Orioles team, even even with Trey Mancini gone. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the Orioles were a team, you know, a lot of times when you think of winners at the trade deadline, you think of teams that are contenders that are looking to bolster their their lineups and their pitching staffs, right? But you also got to mm-hmm. think of the teams that are looking at more of a rebuilding process. So I I truly consider the Orioles to be a winner of this trade deadline because not only do they get those prospects in that Trey Mancini trade, but in the Jorge Lopez trade, AJ, they got four pitchers from the from the Twins for mm-hmm. for Jorge Lopez and some cash considerations. One of them being Cade Povich, who was the Twins' number twenty two prospect. So I think this was a great trade deadline for the Orioles. You know, sell off the sell off the big pieces sell off the big pieces that you had to sell, get some nice young prospects back for it, continue to load that prospect system. And like I said, AJ, their prospect system is probably one of the most loaded right now in the majors. Um, So a lot of these guys you'll probably be seeing in the very near future. So continuing to load that up for when these, for when a lot of these top top prospects are ready to be called up to the majors full time. I think this was a great trade that, trade deadline day for the Boston Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I'm 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 glad you mentioned that about uh seeing the, some of these seeing some of these players in the majors sooner rather than later. Uh so take heart Orioles fans and I know y'all are out there. Um there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh it looks like. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to run through the rest of the big names that got moved. Uh, and we're going to pick our deadline day winners and losers. You're listening to the eighth inning shots with AJ and Carson. We'll be back right after this. Hey everybody. Welcome back to the eighth inning shots with AJ and Carson into our middle second segment here where we're basically, we're just going down the list of the big names that got moved on the trade on the, uh, on the deadline day of the trade deadline. Uh, so Carson, I don't remember if it was our last episode or the one before that, but we, we talked about the Phillies and their, their GM, Dave Dombrowski basically came out and said, Hey, we're going for this thing. And boy, did they ever, because they went out and got Noah Syndergaard from the Angels. Yeah, kind of a kind of a late name that we we saw starting to pop up in in potential trade talks was was Noah Syndergaard. Um, I think this is a really great move for the Phillies. I mean, obviously, you already talked about their their pitching staff with Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson. Um, you know, it was it was a spot where I had thought maybe they could have used a little bit of help, and um, they took they basically I don't know if they were Dave Dombrowski must listen to our podcast AJ because uh, <laughs> he went out and had a heck of a day. Um, of course, starting yeah. with acquiring Noah Syndergaard. Um, in exchange, I believe they sent the Angels uh, Mickey Moniak, which was pretty surprising. Uh, considering if you think about it, AJ, he was the number one overall pick not too long ago, I believe, in the 2016 draft. Uh, yeah. The, was the number one overall pick. But um, he certainly struggled in his short time as a Philly. But you got to keep in mind, though, every, all those Angels fans who, who hear that and their heart instantly stopped. Um, he's only 24 years old. He's still got time to kind of find that potential that he had. Um, and if there's anybody I think that could fix him, it would certainly be the Angels, considering what they've done with uh, Mike Trout coming through their system, as well as uh, obviously Shohei Otani. Um, and I mean, that's not all that the Phillies did, AJ. They also got Brandon Marsh 
from the Angels, which I think was a really solid pickup to strengthen that outfield. And potentially you could have Bryce Harper just slot in at a DH and put Mm -hmm. Brandon Marsh right into the outfield, Um, as well as bringing back David Robertson, a relief pitcher, to help strengthen that bullpen. So I know how much you love Dave Dombrowski, but I got to say he had a great trade deadline day. I got to give him credit. I do actually. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Dave Dombrowski fan, uh, and goddamn, do they do they miss him in Boston? Uh, but I mean, he he said, "Hey, we're going for this thing," and they did. They went for it. That man, Carson, that Phillies team. Uh, the Phillies are scary good now. I mean, they've been good, but this really, you know, I mean, they're. I mean, we've talked about it before. If I'm if I'm in the if I'm a National League team, uh, when October rolls around, I do not want to see the Philadelphia Phillies. No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, this lineup was already pretty strong. You know, you add Brandon Marsh into that just for a little more pop in the lineup. Um, you know, adding Noah Syndergaard into a rotation that's already been pretty solid. Adding David Robertson into a bullpen that's already been pretty solid. The, the Phillies are shaping up to be to be a little bit of a dark horse, I think, come playoff time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to kind of look at it from the Angels' perspective, though, I mean, I don't know, Carson. To me, this says that the Angels, well, I mean, they were obviously in sell mode. Uh, that, man, what a mess. I mean, we've, we've talked about it seemingly ad nauseum, but... Damn, Carson, what a mess in L.A. Yeah, we, we thought at the, the very beginning of the season that uh, that there was the potential for, for L.A. to be finally a contender. And come trade yeah. deadline day, here we are talking about him selling off Noah Syndergaard and Brandon Marsh. Um, the Brandon Marsh trade makes a little less sense to me than selling away Syndergaard. Um, I would have thought that Brandon Marsh might have been somebody you wanted to keep around to uh, to help in the outfield and to kind of be a piece of that rebuild because he was kind of starting to come into his own a little bit uh, with the Angels. But um, so that one makes, I guess, a little yeah. less sense to me. But at the same time, we knew the Angels would probably be sellers come deadline day. Um, we knew that likely it wasn't going to be Shohei Otani unless something and drastically changed. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a, it was an okay deadline day for the Angels, but I think Angels fans are sick of having deadline days like this. And personally, I don't blame them, AJ. No, no, me neither. Uh, okay, a few other name, big names got moved. Carson, I, I don't believe it. I can't believe my eyes. Whit Merrifield finally got traded after seemingly years of being of being part of trade rumors, he finally got traded and he lands with the Toronto Blue Jays. Carson, I love this move so much. Yeah, talk about a guy who has been rumored in trade rumors since the dawn of time. Um, It feels like ever since 2018, we've been hearing Whit Merrifield's name come up. Yeah. Um, He could potentially be traded this year and then it doesn't happen. And it's like, oh, watch Whit Merrifield again this year. And then it didn't happen again. But yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, that's a solid, solid pickup for the for the Blue Jays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris... Go ahead. Oh, my bad. Uh, yeah, just Carson. wanted to kind of add. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. You still got me. Yeah, I still got you. Okay, perfect. Sorry, everybody. Technology being a little bit funky with us today, apparently. Um, yes, it but is. But yeah, Whit, Whit Merrifield, solid pickup for the Blue Jays. We had kind of talked about on our last episode, AJ, how we both felt that this current Blue Jays team, as constructed, did not feel like a potential playoff contender in the American League. Um, getting Whit Merrifield certainly addresses those concerns. They also picked up a couple of solid uh, relief pitchers from the Miami Marlins to kind of strengthen that bullpen. Um, so I'm feeling a lot better about my American League World Series pick today than 
than I was yesterday, AJ. That's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, my confidence level in the Blue Jays uh, increased, uh, increased, had a, you know, a pretty big jump uh, with the acquisition of Whit Merrifield. Uh, Carson, you mentioned this trade earlier. We'll touch on it again real quick. My Red Sox, they went out and got Eric Hosmer, and somehow, some way, they managed to get Eric Hosmer and and somehow managed to get the uh, the Padres to pay the majority of his remaining salary, which is crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a solid win there for the Red Sox in that trade. But um, AJ, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. I have no idea what your club is doing. I uh, I am that makes so two of confused. Us. So they they trade away Christian Vasquez to the Houston Astros, but then you guys go out and acquire Tommy Pham from the Reds and Eric Hosmer from Hosmer. the Padres yeah. and don't trade Devers or Bogarts, but then trade away Jake Diekman to the White Sox. What? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't even know. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm pretty damn happy about Eric Hosmer because he's clearly an upgrade at first base for the Sox. The Tommy fan thing, the dude's 30, what, 33, 34? And, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and Trinity with Vasquez was just really stupid. Vasquez is one of the best. He's arguably, for me, the best catcher we've had on the Red Sox in a long time. Uh, but they also didn't move J.D. Martinez, so I don't know what the hell Mr. Bloom is thinking. Um, he didn't address any of the... He didn't... I mean, he addressed the need at first base. Didn't address any of the need for for pitching. Um, I don't know. Somebody, But somebody needs to tell him that, hey, you're not in Tampa anymore. Uh, I knew this was coming. Make- well, no, but I mean, this is a, I, I know I joke about Tampa all the time, but seriously, all joking aside, somebody needs to tell this dude, he's not in Tampa anymore. You know, if you're not going to move your big pieces, if you're not going to move your, your Devers or your Bogarts, which don't get me wrong, I'm glad they didn't, or, or JD Martinez, who they could have gotten a hell of a return for, um, yeah, somebody needs to tell him, dude, Hey dude, you're not in Tampa anymore barely squeaking into the playoffs as the third wild card and losing in the first round or as like looks like the case this season missing the playoffs altogether that doesn't that shit doesn't cut it in Boston yeah you're in a big you're in a big market and god damn it we expect winning baseball every year yep absolutely um, anyways that's my kind of mini rant about uh my red Sox, uh and then the last well i don't know i I guess he's kind of a big name the last sort of big name that got moved to the surprise of absolutely nobody carson uh the dodgers got joey gallo from the yankees i gotta be honest i was a little i wasn't surprised joey gallo got traded i'm a little surprised that the dodgers were the team to take the flyer on him um Mm. obviously joey gallo the poor guy, his his struggles in New York have been very well documented. Um, but if if the Dodgers can turn him back into what he was as a Texas Ranger, this deal mm-hmm. will be an absolute steal for the Los Angeles yep. Dodgers. But that's the question is, can he kind of overcome those struggles that he had in New York? Was it just kind of a mental thing where it really kind of got to him and the New York fan base, which as we know is a very... How do I describe Yankee fans without sounding like a salty twin? Uh, Yankee fans are, well, I mean, uh, I'm fellow Red Sox fans. I apologize in advance for saying this, but Yankee fans are very similar to Red Sox fans in one key aspect, Carson. They, it's the same thing. It's a big market. There's a lot of prestige. Yankees fans expect competitive winning teams. And and I don't think Joey Gallo, I think Joey Gallo struggled with that, with the pressure. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, obviously, Yankee fans are a different breed when it comes to uh, antagonizing players that they don't like. Mm. So 
Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. that took a toll on Go- Joey Gallo. I even saw an article that was posted all over Twitter after this trade went down about how he was, how Joey Gallo was kind of talking about. Um, he basically knew his time as a Yankee was coming to an end, and he basically said, "I don't really show my face a lot outside of Yankee Stadium," and that mm. that just broke my heart because that's that's not the right way to go to go about this. Obviously, he has his he had his struggles on the field, but let the guy live his life. Obviously, he doesn't want to be struggling like that either in in pinstripes. But um, you know, hopefully, he gets the fresh start he needs in L.A. and uh, Hopefully this trade will work out for him. Yeah, although I don't, I don't know, man. Going from he's going from one high pressure situation to another high pressure situation because Dodgers fans have high expectations too, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I hope he does well in LA, obviously, but uh, Dodgers fans are pretty, you know. That's a. It's not like he went from New York to. Um, which which small market team do I pick without insulting them? Uh, Baltimore. Well, I yeah okay yeah it's not like he went from the Yankees to Baltimore where expectations are, you know. Well, I, I hate I hate to pick on them again. It's not like he's going to Tampa Carson <laughs> where where they just don't care. Um, so. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, We mentioned Shohei Otani as one of the names that didn't get moved. Not really a surprise. We didn't expect him to go anywhere. But uh, Carson, the Cubs, the Cubs, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, they're still playing on. They're still playing in Chicago. Big mistake, in my opinion. This is a. This is a massive mistake mistake by the Cubs. You could have gotten a sizable return for both of these guys for separate trades. Um, Obviously, I get it, though. Chicago fans should be happy. These are two excellent ballplayers who who were still part of that great World Series team and who truly, it seems like, love playing in Chicago. So, obviously, Cubs fans are – some Cubs fans, I'm sure, are happy about this, but some are also confused because with the returns that a lot of some of these other less-known names were getting – you probably could have gotten a very nice return for either one of these guys, and now you've got a risk of them potentially going into free agency and getting nothing. So I think this was a big mistake by the Cubs. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty boneheaded move by the Cubs. Uh, all right, let's talk let's talk winners and losers for deadline day, Carson. Uh, my my well, I'll just run through my you know my sort of list of winners here, and I think. Our lists are probably going to be pretty similar. Obviously, the San Diego Padres are the winner of winners. They absolutely won deadline day. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, for um, going out and getting Noah Syndergaard and, and some other solid pieces. My Seattle Mariners, Carson, they were deadline day winners. They didn't, they only made the one, you know, sort of really splashy move when they went out and got Luis Castillo, which, you know, Obviously, is you know can't be can't be overstated. In fact, Castillo won his first start as a Mariner. So, um, and then Carson, my last name, my last team on my deadline day winners list are your Minnesota Twins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for for my winners, obviously, I think the Padres are the winners of all winners. Obviously, you get Juan Soto, yeah. Josh Bell, Josh Hader. Um, and let's not forget, they also acquire Brandon Drury from the Reds, who has had a really nice year in Cincinnati and also had a grand slam in his first plate appearance as a San Diego Padre. So um, they just can't stop winning, apparently. Um, you know, the Phillies, yep. like you said, some solid pieces there. Um, for, forgive me, AJ, but I'm very happy because I don't have to rant about my Minnesota Twins. To have them <laughs> as a winner. We, they went yep. out... To, Falvey and Levine went out and addressed the main concerns that we had. We needed a backup catcher. They got Sandy Leone from the Guardians. We needed pitching. Mm. We got the starter, Tyler Malley, who was the guy I really was pining after, AJ, if you remember a few episodes ago. Um, We got him. We got Jorge Lopez, a solid closer from the Orioles. 
Uh, we got Michael Fulmer, a solid relief pitcher, and from what I've been reading from Tigers fans, a solid all-around guy uh, from the Tigers. So a very good trade deadline day for my Minnesota Twins. I'm going to put a, the Cincinnati Reds as one of my winners, AJ. Um, Interesting. Obviously, like I had talked about, you can't just look at the winners as teams that are contending, putting together pieces. you got to look at some mm. of the rebuilding teams and see what they were able to do. The Cincinnati Reds, AJ, have come away from this trade deadline day with a haul of prospects for their for yep. their top assets. And they even got a top 10 prospect for Brandon Drury. So I think this was a great trade deadline day for the Reds. Continue that rebuild. Continue to really stock up that farm system. They got a lot of good prospects in that Tyler Malley trade with the Twins. A lot of very good prospects in the Luis Castillo trade. So I think this was a solid trade deadline day for the Reds as well. Yeah. Yeah, the Reds. The Reds and the Orioles, too. I think you need to put the Orioles in that that conversation because they both – uh, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. The Orioles now have one of the best uh, farm systems, you know. So, um, uh, but of course, with winners come losers. I mean, I don't think any of these are really, you know, the Angels, obviously, dealing away Noah Syndergaard, who was kind of their big or one of their big offseason acquisitions. Uh, the Cubs, we mentioned, for sitting on Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. Don't know what the hell they were thinking. Uh, as much as it pains me to say this, Carson, my Red Sox were a trade deadline day loser because I'm sorry, but what the hell are you thinking? Trading Christian Vasquez and then uh, and then going out. And, I mean, no disrespect to Eric Hosmer. I'm ecstatic that the Red Sox get Eric Hosmer, but dealing Vasquez and then going out and getting Eric Hosmer and Tommy Pham, which is like the head scratcher of the, of the thing. Um, and then Carson, I think it's safe to say the Milwaukee Brewers are the biggest losers of deadline day. Yeah, I would certainly put them up there, but for me, AJ, my biggest loser is the Cleveland guardians because Mm. they did nothing. The only, nope. the only thing that they did, congratulations, you acquired Ian Hamilton from the Minnesota Twins. Oh, what a deadline day. <laughs> Woo, Ian Hamilton. Yeah. But in all, in all seriousness, I don't know what they were thinking here. You are very much in the thick of an AL Central playoff race. You are one game back of the Minnesota Twins. The Twins went improved. Yeah. The White Sox, even though it was just Jake Diekman, they improved. But you stood pat and did nothing when you are in the thick of an AL Central playoff race. This is where I think if you're the Guardians, you should have pushed all your chips in the table, went out and tried to get at least something. A bat to help out Jose mm-hmm. Ramirez. A starter to help out Shane Bieber in that struggling starting rotation. I mean, you could have gone and gotten something here. You are very much in the thick of this playoff race. And you could potentially be chasing a division title. So to do nothing to me just seemed pretty stupid on the on the Guardians' part. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the hell what the Guardians were thinking. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, you said it. You can't be. You can't. 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 Can't be in the middle of a the tightest division race in baseball. And just do nothing. Um, and Carson, poor Jose Ramirez. Seriously. <sighs> Jose, come come to the twins, buddy. We'll we'll take <laughs> we'll take good care of you over here. I promise you'll be in a lineup with Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa. Come on over. We'll take good care of you. But yeah, in all in all seriousness, Jose Ramirez, for me, he's almost in the same camp as Mike Trout. Um just a great yeah. player who, you know, at least he's made the playoffs a few times in his career, but it's never really, it feels like built anything super solid. Um, it's Mm-mm. just, it's just so disappointing to, um, you know, they did have that run of, back in 2017. I think it was where they ended up making the ALCS, I believe, but um, yeah, poor Jose Ramirez, just a, another player who should be, be somebody that you can build your team around, but it just feels like the guardians have never really done that. Yeah. 
which is which is really too bad because Jose Ramirez. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a superstar. Um, so sorry, Indian. Uh, <laughs> I almost did it. Uh, Guardians fans, um, who I'm sure all of you are, have been left scratching your head and and uh, and just really frustrated with your team's lack of lack of activity. I don't know. I just don't get it. Um, okay, we're going to take our last break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about our must-watch games, uh, brief parting thoughts, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be right back. You're listening to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, so normally this is the time of the show where we dive into our mailbag, and we, we did get some really... We got some really good questions this time out, but um, there's just so much, you know, with with all the craziness of the trade deadline and all the stuff we've, you know, been talking about, uh, we've decided to skip the mailbag for this episode. I'm sorry. Uh, apologies to to all of you who sent in your questions. Um, we will we will do our best to get to them in a in an upcoming episode. Uh, Carson, real let's let's talk about our must-watch games. Yeah, there should be should be I think some some okay series at least. Um, the Blue Jays and the Twins, of course, I'll be certainly watching. Uh, that series will start uh, today on Thursday. Um, we got the Astros and the Guardians. That should be an interesting series. Uh, see mm-hmm. if making no moves at the deadline actually does bite the Guardians. This will be the first true test. Braves and Mets should be an absolutely phenomenal series. Um, but of course, AJ, it is time for the Tankathon series of the episode. And boy, do we have a real barn burner of one for this episode. Um, starting tomorrow, we are heading over into the desert where the Arizona Diamondbacks mm. will be taking on the Colorado Rockies. So if you want to watch some bad mm. baseball and Chris Bryant cry and wipe his dollars, <laughs> wipe his, wipe his tears away with all the money he's earning being a Rocky. Go watch that series. Uh, that is some seriously bad baseball. Uh, I mean, those are all solid picks. The only one I might, I'm going to add to my watch list, Carson, especially in the wake of the, of landing one Soto, Josh Bell and Josh Hader. Uh, how about a little Padres Dodgers in LA? Sign me up all day long. Yes, please. I need to see this series. <laughs> yes, please. That just sounds like AJ. That just sounds like money for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, uh, talk about how crazy that the schedule just happened to work out that way. That the Padres and Dodgers are going to square off. You know, sort of immediately following the deadline day and the Padres making these, you know, these crazy moves that, uh, yeah, that's going to be huge. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the Padres and Dodgers, uh, sort of battling out down the stretch here in the NL West. And yes, I know the Padres are, you know, I know the deficit is double digits, but a lot can happen between now and the end of the season. So, We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, those are our must-watch games. Uh, Carson, what have you got as your uh, your your parting shot for for today? Well, as much as I, I'm going to try and keep this as brief as I can, but um, I feel like we have to at least talk about uh, the Deshaun Watson ruling that came down. Mm. Uh, for for those of you who may not be in the know or who don't really follow football, um, Deshaun Watson. Uh, is a quarterback for the now Cleveland, now for the Cleveland Browns, um, who was accused by um, about thirty women, uh, thirty massage therapists, of, to be exact, of sexual assault. Um, this has been an ongoing case that has been being watched by the entire football world, um, and his suspension came down, and um, he is only being suspended for six games, because in the NFL, God forbid, if you play the bet on games, you're going to get suspended for a whole year. God forbid you take weed two times, you're getting suspended for at least half the season. But, you know, 30, 30 women claim sexual assault against you. Ah, we'll give you six games. 
You know, mm. the even the Miami Dolphins got a bigger punishment for tampering. They lost their first and third round picks, and then their owner got suspended till like October. They got a bigger they got a bigger punishment than Deshaun Watson got for being accused by thirty different women of sexual assault. Just the, the NFL. It's really frustrating that this ruling went down, but I did see something yesterday that the NFL is going to appeal and look for an indefinite suspension, which, oh my goodness, Roger Goodell actually making a nice move. Nice to see that finally. Um, yep. But yeah, I was I was frustrated reading this report by this judge and how she came to this ruling. Um, but we just we need to do better. We need to hold these guys accountable. Six games is not nearly enough. And I'm glad to see the NFL stepping in and trying to get more because, um, you know, Watson, the Browns, I'm just disgusted with all the parties involved here. Yeah, man. Uh, well said. And, yeah, seriously, nice to see Roger Goodell and the NFL actually give a damn for once, maybe for the first time ever. Um, but buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, there sounds like there is a there is a, a legal battle on the horizon between the NFL and the Players Association, which, yes, I know it's the Players Association's job to represent the players and and try to do, you know, try to make sure that the, uh, you know, try to sort of stand up for the best interests of, the, of their players. But goddamn, like, how they can, how they can fight this and and stick up for that POS Watson is beyond me. Um yeah, anyways. Before my blood gets boiling here. Um so we mentioned at the top of the show, you know, the the really sad news of the passing of Vince Scully. And um I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else can be said about about Vince Gully. He's he's obviously a legend, uh, you know, with his distinctive voice and his just really unique, uh, almost lyrical, you know, ability to describe, you know, um, you know, to describe the action on the field, and I mean, right down to his signature greeting. Um, Vince Scully brought Dodgers fans and baseball fans baseball starting way back in 1950, which I don't know how good anyone's math is, but uh, when he started his career with the Dodgers as the Dodgers broadcaster, um, the Dodgers were still playing in Brooklyn at the time. Uh, and I mean, he obviously moved with the Dodgers when they moved to LA. He, he retired in 2016. Um, he was, you know, 88 when he retired, which, you know, serious props uh, to the late great Mr. Scully. Um, his career, you know, so storied and, and so, I mean, I, I'll just real quick, you know, sort of rattle off you know, his accomplishments. I mean, uh, he won the Ford C. Frick Award in 1982, which is for, you know, uh, excellence in, in baseball broadcasting. Uh, he won the Commissioner's Historic Achievement Award in 2014, the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2016. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, pretty sure he's the only sports broadcaster to have a name to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame um and the Dodgers were you know the Dodgers retired his microphone when he retired at the end of the 2016 season um I mean obviously you know Vince Scully was was synonymous with baseball um obviously a legend in the broadcast booth, the best to ever do it the best, you know, the best to ever sit behind the mic. Um, but from what I always, you know, 
from everything I ever heard and everything I ever saw and everything I ever read, he was just a, he was, he was just one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he had the, he had the honor of calling some of baseball's biggest moments. I mean, he called, uh, he was on the call when Hank Aaron hit his 750th home run to break Babe's record, which just seems really fitting to me. Um, he called Kirk Gibson's legendary walk-off homer in game one of the 88 World Series. Sorry, Oakland fans. Um <laughs> But the the Vin Scully moment that really stands out to me was was his his sort of his remarks in the before the Dodgers first game uh, after after nine eleven, um, and I, I'm just gonna sort of you know go through this real quick. Um, this is it direct quote from his his speech that he gave at Dodger Stadium right after 9-11. So kind of keep that in mind. Uh, Good evening and welcome to Dodger Stadium. All of us have experienced a litany of emotions, whether it would be shock, disbelief, and horror, followed by grief, mourning, and anger. All of us indeed have lost a lot. We've lost thousands of lives, We have lost some of our self-confidence. We have lost some of our freedom. And certainly, we have lost a way of life. The President of the United States has said it is time to go back to work. And so, despite a heavy heart, baseball gets up out of the dirt, brushes itself off, and will follow his command, hoping in some small way to inspire the nation to do the same. All of the ballplayers in the major leagues are wearing the American flag. Out of patriotism, yes. Out of love of country, yes. But more so out of duty and out of courage, and to pronounce a national firmness of will. God bless us in our efforts, and God bless America. Well said, Mr. Scully. Well said. You'll be forever missed. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well said. Um, like I said to to lead off the show, this one this one stings a little bit more for for me. Just uh, you know, I remember in in college, I'd listen to listen to Vin Scully highlights um, on YouTube and try and try and hear his cadence. And, um, you know, he had a voice just in his tone like no one else, and will ever yeah. be on my Mount Rushmore of the greatest broadcasters of all time. Um, so rest, rest in peace, Vin. I know you're excited to join your wife up there. Um, and hopefully you'll be able to, you'll be able to call some of Babe Ruth's games up at the Pearly Gate. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so um, that's all we got for you, everybody. Boy, um, I I just barely made it through that. <laughs> oh my god! Um, even though I, you know, I braced myself before, and uh, and before I just, you know, when I decided I was I was going to read that, because um, that moment, I mean. Obviously, his absolutely legendary career, but that moment really stands out to me. I remember um, baseball really helped. Uh, well, it helped a lot of us sort of pick up the pieces and 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 get back to you know quote unquote normal after the tragedy of nine eleven. So um, that's all we got for you on that somewhat somber note, everybody. Uh, thank you as always. Thank you ever so much for tuning in. Uh, you can go to anchor.fm and find us on your favorite podcast platform. Of course, we're, we're on Spotify and Apple podcasts and, and a bunch of others. Uh, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and, uh, check out our awesome sponsors over at printer dudes. Uh, you can go to printer dudes.etsy.com dudes is spelled D W O D S. Um, 
and they just have a an awesome collection of 3D printed collectibles and and gifts. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code Home Run. That's one word, and save ten percent off your order. Carson, that's a wrap, my friend. That's a wrap. So long, everybody. Um, apologies to those if uh, we didn't quite get to your your teams. Uh, trades. There was just so many for us to have to try and cover, and I'm sure we'll be able to cover, maybe cover some in some future episodes. Um, we were also a little bit on a time crunch today because um, I'm, as we're recording, I'm getting set to leave for uh, for the cabin for for a little while, going on vacation, which may be the most Minnesotan thing I'll ever say on this show. Um, but yeah i'm sure we'll be able to get some more trades and break them down a little bit more in some future episodes so apologies if your favorite team's trade didn't get mentioned today uh yes we will do our absolute best to get to those and i promise i promise on our next episode we will get to your mailbag questions so keep sending them in to uh us via email at uh eighth inning stretch at gmail.com or on twitter um at eighth inning pod yeah that's a wrap everybody thanks for tuning in uh everybody have an awesome weekend and uh and we'll talk to you guys next week